Welcome to The Secret Life of Parkinson's, a podcast trying to break the barriers and stigma around PD to lessen the fear. It's a disease no one likes to talk about. When people hear Parkinson's, they're afraid, even if they don't know exactly what it is. This podcast is led by Parkinson's patients talking about their daily life with PD. I'm your host, Jessica Krauser. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our segment, Joyless. I'm your host, Jessica Krauser, and I'm here with my co-host, Brian Baker. Hello. Hi, Brian. All right, so Brian, do you have joy in your life? I think I do. <laughs> I'd like to think I do. I, Parkinson's makes me feel like I, makes other people think I don't. Why? It has taken away like my natural smile and facial expressions where I think I told the story before that when I was, before I was diagnosed, I went and bought a new truck. And my son and I were driving back in this new truck and my son, he was to about 12 at the time, he looked at me and said, Dad... Are you are you, are you ever happy? And I was like, and I was like, why? Yeah, why? And I was like, I didn't understand where he's coming from. He's like, I don't remember ever seeing you smile. Really? Yeah, and it was, and it broke my heart at the time. And I was like, and I had, to, and I, and that was before I was before I was diagnosed, and okay. I didn't know what that, you know, what he meant by that. Yeah. But yeah. Did, how far along after were you diagnosed? It was pretty quick. Oh, okay. Got, that, so kind of, that was one of the things that kind of got the ball going. Like we need to get something figured out here. How long do you think you had it before you were diagnosed? I would say I had it probably at age 37 when I started noticing symptoms. I got diagnosed in the winter, so uh, in December, so at the age of 40. So Okay, so you probably, probably had it for three years. Yeah, probably you three thought. years. So um, I kept a journal. Like, I've always kept journals my entire life. I'm starting in college. I just would always love to write. So um, around the age of 35... I started feeling this emotionless, uh, empty, joyless, I hate to say feeling, because it wasn't even a feeling. Like I just, it was like emptiness. Um, it was really hard to explain, especially to my husband, um, because in my heart and my head, I knew I, life was great. Like I love my husband, I love my kids, my family and friends, everything was great, work was great, but my feelings just were like, blah like i don't even know how to describe it it was like so non-existent yep. did you feel that exactly like in like people would say like i got a, a job offer and the the person was like i can't are you happy about this offer like they couldn't get a read on me <laughs> i was like yes i'm ecstatic and and i'm and, so happy can't you tell yeah it was like and there was no emotion emotionless is exactly what it was yes. there was there was no um, no highs or lows you're just even keel yes yeah so my kids at the time i have twins um and my kids at the time were only six so at that time, I really had to push myself um, and, and fake happiness. Again, like I knew I was, I knew I should feel happy, but I had to show it to your oh. point, like your son noticed you weren't smiling. Yeah. I put the smile on because I knew I had to or else they would probably say the same thing. Yeah, it, it's just so, it's, it is, it's a very empty feeling because you're happy, you're excited, but nothing's coming out of you. Mm -hmm. I even remember, um, you know, because I did it at home. It was like that, you know, work, you know, and I remember I'm Catholic. So I was talking to a priest when the kids were going through their reconciliation classes. So I went down as, as well. And uh, and I was relieved to finally talk about it, you know, with with somebody, you know, other than than Derek. Um, and, you know, he knew the priest knew like deep down that I was happy. 
you know, with my family. And Derek also knew deep down that I was happy with him and the kids, but I couldn't bring myself to just feel the joy. Um, but I'm happy to share that right now with the right medication and exercise, I laugh way more than I have before. Um, and I feel and I feel like I enjoy each moment. So it's like, it's amazing the difference of where I was from age, it was probably from when I was like 35 to just last year when I was 38, 39, until now. Like now I'm like, I feel like a totally new person or feel like how I probably was before 35. Do you feel, are you better with medication? I'm better with medication now. Initially I was, I was, I didn't want to take the medication and I fought it off for the first year. Yeah. And then I finally, I was so stiff and rigid that I had to get on it. So there was, there's that aspect of it. And, you know, and I was very out forthright coming, coming out and telling people I had PD and I still am. Like I, yeah. I'm very upfront with the, with work and with people mm -hmm. I know because I want them to know that that's the why I'm, I look grumpy or I don't yeah. look, I don't react the way I should because you know, I've, I've was I've been told before, like, what's wrong with you? You're like the grumpy old guy in the corner at work that nobody wants to talk to you because <laughs> they're afraid you're gonna bite their head off. I'm like, oh, I'm just sitting here working. You know, yeah. there's nothing, nothing grumpy about I me. I promise, I'm fun. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a ball I'm a ball of energy. You know, <laughs> um, but you know, I I kind of went from being like the life of the party, making people laugh, to being this, like I said, bump on a log, grumpy yeah. guy, and that's not. And I didn't I didn't know where it came from. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't even, I don't know if I, I didn't connect it to PD right away. So when I started having those feelings and then all my symptoms of like the tension, the rigidity, like I was just writing things down. And then finally, when I went to go see my movement specialist, I pulled everything together and I'm like, this is like over the span of the past two years, I've had this like symptom that you can see like from a movement standpoint, but there's these are all the things I'm feeling that um, are also really important from being diagnosed with Parkinson's. A lot of people, it does have to do with you know cognitive behavior and your emotions. It's not just shaking. It's yeah, not just I movements. mean, it, finding I'd find myself sometimes tearing up or crying <gasps> over the dumbest things yes. like lost puppies or you know <laughs> people passing away that I didn't even know that were on TV, uh, you know, was, you know, I was like, why am I, why am I crying over this? Or why am I tearing up over this? So, you a know, sensitive Brian. That doesn't exist. <laughs> so I actually remember that as well. I would, I actually cried a couple times during workout classes. Um, and again, I have no idea why I would be working out, but I would be, I would have, I would be in that, I don't know if it was like a depressed state, but it was just like that dark cloud that you couldn't shake yeah. and I remember just like you know crying and again not always a reason that I would do it um, and sometimes it was just like I just had this the the feeling of emptiness but the feeling of a dark cloud um, sometimes it was also because I'd see other Parkinson's friends like within our exercise class I would see how far that they were progress like their progression was going or I'd, you know, be at the gym and I'd look to see this is what my life might look like in the future. And, you know, now I've, I'm I'm OK with it. But I think some of that may have sparked some of the that, sadness, too. That's the scariest thing that ever hit, hit me face forward or hit me right in the face was that the 
so when I got diagnosed, they said, you know, you're going to see people, you're going to read yeah. stuff, you're going to read the, these are worst case scenarios. And I was in the gym around people with Parkinson's and I never saw the worst case scenario. I saw mm-hmm. people, older people in their 70s and, you know, late 80s and even up in the, the late nine or late eight, late 80s that were, had Parkinson's that were working out, living good lives. Mm-hmm. And then I went to a symposium where I saw the real, what Parkinson's really can look like yeah. where people can't walk. And I, I literally had to stop myself from driving off a cliff that day. Mm-hmm. I was like, if this is how it's going to end up. I'll just take care of it now because, and that and it was, and I, and I, I've told people that story. Like I, it smacked me in the face when you start to see what this, but you know, the people are like, everybody's different. Yeah. You know, that you're exercising, you caught it young, you know, but there's that scary time where you're like, I don't, you know, I don't want to be, you know, and it, you know, uh, not being able to take care of myself. Yeah, because yeah, we don't know what's going to happen. No, and that's that's the scary about, part about Parkinson's. Yeah, it's like it can go any which way. We have no control. The only control we do have is taking medication and exercising is shown to help slow the progression. So continuing to do that, I think, well, it, we're seeing that it does help, at least with the older patients that we have. Right. in our community um i had people tell me before like maybe don't go to those classes like don't go to parkinson's classes so that you're not you know maybe that's why you're feeling depressed or why you're sad all the time because you're seeing it and you're in front of it then i thought about it i'm like would did i ever stop going to a nursing home to see my grandma because everybody's everybody ends up old right i, I enjoy the community and i enjoy the knowledge that i get from the people that have been dealing with this for a longer period of time. Mm-hmm. And like I said, that in the way I look at it is if somebody that is in their 60s, 70s and up can get up there and work out, yeah. there's no reason I can't get out of bed and work out. Yep. Is it crazy to you? Like I was thinking about, you know, when I had those like dark days and again, it felt like a cloud was like lifted up and now I'm hyper aware of it that if I do get into that mood, like mood again, I know, okay, this is going to pass. You just kind of have to ride it out and it'll be better. Do you ever think that? Yeah. I mean, every, and, I've, and I've, I've said this a lot lately. I say this disease is so screwed up. There are days where you came to I have Parkinson's. Uh-huh. You wouldn't even know it. If you saw me walking down the street, you wouldn't know it. And then there's days where I physically have to teach myself how to walk again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what is going on? And I don't ever know from one day to the next what it's going to be like. Yeah. When I wake up, I could wake up and I could feel fine got a good night's sleep and then you know then the next night i i don't sleep for or for crap and i'm yeah. up all night and then i you know literally can't i gotta like make myself get up and walk or mm-hmm. you know I dra- i'm dragging my foot and i'm like i can't do that you know and it's just crazy and from day to day you never know what you're gonna face yeah that is very true um i think the best way the best thing to think about is knowing that most of the time like this too shall pass. Yeah, like, that, and there's weekends. There have been weekends in the in the since I've had this disease where I haven't left the house, where I've literally laid on the couch and slept all weekend. And, and that's why you're not uh, working out on Saturday. Well, no, I go to work out on Saturday, but, <laughs> uh-huh. but I, I just sleep. I, yeah. I, I literally would go, go work out Saturday morning and go home and lay on the couch and sleep all day Saturday. All, and, and that's what I needed to do. Yeah, you I mean, have to listen to your body. Yeah, it's not. A de- it's not. I'm not depressed. My body's just telling me that it needs time to recover. So according to medical news today, 50% of all Parkinson's patients experience depression. It's a symptom just like tremors and is typically an early indicator. I actually take medication for 
depressed like or I, ju- I just started I take a very low dosage yeah. just to kind of take that edge off yeah a but bit. man it has it's helped me tremendously maybe I need to up mine <laughs> <laughs> get in the happy place all right in our last 30 seconds I would like to leave you with this Depression is a mood disorder that can affect one's ability to carry out daily activities and tasks. It's caused by changes in the brain's chemistry. It's seen as an early indicator of Parkinson's and experienced in 50% of patients. Those that go through depression or anxiety experience an increase in symptoms like tremors or rigidity. Talking to family, friends, and your doctor can help combat depression. I'm on a medication to help specifically with the anxiety and depression, and there is no shame. I can't control what my brain is doing. Yes, it's like a muscle we can retrain, but there are some chemical imbalances that are just not able to change. So thank you for tuning in. I hope you learned uh, uh, that there is no shame in depression with Parkinson's. Speak up and get help so you live life to your fullest. The Secret Life of Parkinson's is produced by Melissa Carlson and Steve Bradenberg. To contact us, send an email to info at 5k4jk.org. The Secret Life of Parkinson's is not responsible or liable for any medical advice, diagnosis, course of treatment, or any other information obtained through this podcast. The information provided by The Secret Life of Parkinson's is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you heard on this podcast. You are encouraged to consult a physician for a definitive diagnosis.